And now, Lifestyles Unlimited presents the Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Over the next hour, we unfold your map to financial freedom. You'll learn how to retire through investing in single-family and multifamily real estate. You'll learn how to create cash flow and build wealth so you can have the time and money to live the lifestyle you want. Welcome to the show. My name is Al Gordon, and as always, I'm working on your financial freedom. And on today's show, I just decided to kick back and just do my air guitar to the intro music because I found it very interesting. Don't you find our bumper music to be very interesting? Isn't that why you tune into this show, to listen to the bumper music? No? No, that's not why you're here? You're, you're here for a completely different reason. Oh, I get it now. You're here because you want to learn about real estate investing. You have made up your mind that maybe this is the way to go. And you figure that by listening to the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show and the Del Wamsley Radio Show, that we can teach you how to get this done. And you know something? You're on to something. You're totally on to something because we can actually teach you from this radio show. Now, it's, it's more effective if you become a member of Lifestyles Unlimited because all the information that we share with you, it, it really does come from the archives of the knowledge banks of Lifestyles Unlimited. A lot of you are out there in a quagmire. You're, you're trying to find information that's going to help you crack this nut on how to do real estate investing. And you go to different sources. You go to different sites. You go to the Internet. You go to YouTube. You find all these different locations on all these different platforms and all these different people that want to explain to you how you can, you know, make a fortune in real estate. And to be honest with you, they're, they're not too far off. They're really not too far off. But let me take you a step back. You don't go into real estate investing because you want to make a fortune. No, you go into real estate investing because you want to change something in your life. Something in your life isn't working out the way it's supposed to be working out. As a result of that, you have in your mind formulated the result that you need to change something. But what is it? What do you change? Do you change the job that you're currently doing? Well, maybe you enjoy the job. Maybe the, jo the job's not the problem. Maybe the problem is the income that the job provides. So, so you're not looking to change jobs, but man, wouldn't it be nice if, if you could just make some more money because you just have more month left at the end of your money, don't you? So real estate investing is one of those things that you can get involved with that isn't going to occupy 100% of your time, which will allow you to start incrementing income into your household. Yeah, that is a prime reason why you ought to get involved with real estate investing. It, it, and again, I got to go back to, I'm going to do real estate investing because I'm going to just, I'm going to flat out be rich. Okay. There are plenty of people on the internet that will embrace that concept for you. They will embrace that concept for you. And what they're after, they're after whatever's in your wallet because they're going to sell you some kind of system that may or may not work for you because they're focusing on the fact that you're greedy. Yeah, you heard me correctly. I just called you greedy. Now, the reason I can call you greedy is because at one time in my life, I thought the same way. And I realized that it was greed that was propelling me in the directions I was going in. And greed is not a viable option for real estate investing. If, if you decide that all of your goals are based on greed, don't do real estate investing. You're, you're probably going to have a very, very poor result because you're going to be so focused on getting the money, you're not going to be focused on building the business. 
Oh, what's that? Building the business? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about building a business, building a business model for yourself. Real estate investing is actually a business. It's, it's not just a side hustle. It's not something you do part-time because, you know, you've got a couple of hours left at the end of your month. It's not something that you find on the internet, although plenty of you are finding this garbage on the internet that says you can do real estate with no money. You can do real estate with absolutely zero time. You can do real estate, fill in the blanks. All right. So what I'm going to try and do today is I'm going to try and cut through all of that noise. I'm going to give you an opportunity to learn how to invest in real estate. I'm going to teach you how I would select from one of three different properties that I'm currently looking at for investment. Now, these are these are three different properties that come to me from the Lifestyles Unlimited Realty team. What is that? Well, Lifestyles Unlimited has a partnership company, which is a realty company. It's actually several realty companies. And in those realty companies, those companies are set up and they are designed specifically to be buyer's agents for Lifestyles Unlimited members. It's kind of cool. It's a great, great relationship when you establish that relationship with a buyer's agent. And because they've been trained on what we are looking for as real estate investors, they're able to go out and scour the world and find different opportunities to present to us that we can invest in. Now, Moon, over the weekend, sent me three different properties, and I thought this is a great opportunity to help you understand how to invest in real estate. So why don't we just talk about these three different properties, and why why don't we figure this out? Let's figure out which one we want to buy and why we want to buy this particular property. Out of the three, we're going to choose one. So let me give you, let me give you the background on the three different properties. The first property is in the greater Houston area. It is a two-bedroom, one-bath, no-car garage property. It's 932 square feet. It was built in 1955. Okay, so are you interested in that based on the size and location? All right, property number two. It's bigger. It's also located in the Houston market. It's four bedrooms, two bath, no garage. It's 1,633 square feet and built in 1965. Interested in that one? All right, how about property number three? Also in the Houston market. This one's three bedrooms, one bath. It's 1,389 square feet built in 1950. All right, so now we have three different properties that are available to us that we could go out and buy. But what you're missing is the fundamental information that you need in order to tackle properties that are older. Don't be afraid of properties that are older than maybe you are, because those properties, although they may have some defects to them, have the potential to, to be turned around and produce great sources of income for you, as well as great sources of equity for you. So this is why we look at these different types of properties. The other thing I want you to know about these properties is that none of them have garages. So if, if you're if you're thinking, wow, we've got to have that perfect property, that perfect three bedroom, two bath, two car garage, 1500 square feet. None of these properties are that perfect property, but that doesn't mean that these properties can't be a perfect property for you. So why don't we get into the numbers? I think what we need to do is we need to discuss financially what these different properties can do for you. Because once you understand that component, the rest of this is going to make more sense to you. So property number one, remember that was our little two bedroom, one bath property. You can buy this property for $63,000. Yeah, it's available on the market for $63,000. Now, what you need to know is what this property is worth if it's all fixed up. 
if it's all fixed up in the neighborhood that it's in, it's worth $153,000. So basically, you can buy this property for 41% of its after repair value. That is, now I'm just going to stop right there and tell you that anytime you can pick up a property for less than 50% of its after repair value, that is usually a pretty good deal. That's that's definitely one you want to look at. So so property number one, just based off of that metric, is one we want to keep in our, our portfolio as far as what we're looking at. Okay, we haven't, we haven't cemented it into our portfolio, but we're looking at it for addition to our portfolio. Fair enough? All right, property number two. Now, this particular property, this is, remember, this is the bigger one. It's about 1,600 square feet. It's the four-bedroom, two-bath of all of them. It's also the newest of all of these properties. It was built in 1965. So it's not going to have some of the problems that, say, a 1950s vintage property might have because this property has the problems that a 1960s vintage property would have. Fair enough? Oh, and you're probably going, well, what are those things? What are those things? Cast iron is usually the biggest one. Yeah, cast iron plumbing is is a problem in 1950s vintage era properties so but once you you understand that it's a problem and you understand what it takes to remediate that problem and you understand what it costs to remediate that as a relation to the overall cost of repairing the entire property you will know whether or not that property makes sense for you to put into your portfolio yeah i know i know for some of you it's like well well tell me how to do that well the best way to tell you how to do that is to tell you to become a member of Lifestyles Unlimited because we actually go over that stuff as part of our educational process. But getting back to property number two, it has an after repair value of $212,000. Now, you can buy this one for $112,000. So there's $100,000 worth of equity in this particular property that you can capture. So out of all three of these particular deals, this one has the highest amount of equity that you can capture in $100,000. All right, so, so keep that in mind. Now, let's jump over to property number three. Property number three is that three-bedroom, one-bath. It was built in 1950. It's the, actually, it's the oldest of all three of these properties. Now, the after repair value on this property works out to be $187,500. You can buy this property for $97,000. So basically, you can pick it up for about 52% of the after repair value. All right. So given the information that we've covered so far, which property is resonating with you? Is it property number one? which is the two bedroom, one bath that we can get for 41, basically 41% of the after repair value. Is it property number two, which is the biggest property of all of these. It's also the newest of all of these. Not that it's new, but it's newer. This one also is going to give you the opportunity to, to buy into a slightly more valuable property. It's going to have an after repair value of $212,000, but you're going to purchase it for $112,000. So your acquisition price is about 53% of the after repair value. That's the highest acquisition rate of all three properties. And then property number three, Property number three is the property that is three bedrooms, one bath. It's the oldest of all three. Again, you can buy it for $97,000, but it's worth all fixed up $187,500. Which property is sounding like it's going to make more sense to you? Now, if you're like me, you're starting to notice that property number one 
And property number two seems to have some key features to them that make these properties seem a little bit more attractive than the other properties. And as a result of that, I'm starting to steer away from property number three, because so far there's nothing that I've, I've read to you about property number three that seems to be doing better than what property number one can do or property number two can do. So what are those things? Okay, again, with property number one, it's that lower acquisition price. It's the fact that I can pick it up for 41 cents on the dollar. I like that. I also like the fact that the amount of money that I'm going to require to do the repairs on this particular property is commensurate with the deal. What does that mean? It means regardless of which property that you choose, all three of these properties is going to require you to put some money into these properties in order in order to repair the properties. So let's do this. We're getting ready to go to commercial break. We come back from the commercial break. I'm going to revisit the three properties, tell you why I've eliminated property number three, and we're going to focus on the first two. Stick around. Got questions? Call Lifestyles Unlimited at 855-497-4335. The Real Estate Investor Radio Show continues next. Creating the lifestyle you've always wanted. You're hearing Lifestyles Unlimited's Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Welcome back to the second half of the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. My name is Al Gordon, and as always, I'm working on your financial freedom. And on today's show, I'm doing so by analyzing three different properties. And we've come to that point in the analysis where it's time to cut one of these three properties loose. It's time to say goodbye to one of these properties and make it go away. Now, why am I doing that? Because I don't want to buy all three properties. What I want to buy is the best property that's available at the current time that fits well with my portfolio and more specifically, my desires, my goals, my objectives for investing. There are certain things that I am looking for as a real estate investor that if I don't get them in a property or if I get something better in property A versus property B, I'm going to go with property A. Does that make sense? Now, I'm not saying I'm picking property A out of the three properties that we've been talking about today. I'm just making my point. All right. So let's get back to these three properties, because I promised you I was going to tell you why I'm cutting property number three loose. I'm just I'm done analyzing property number three. And here it is. When I do an analysis for what it's going to cost to do the rehab on the properties, one of the properties is going to do the best for me. What does that mean? It means my overall rehab costs in relation to the overall asset itself is the most minimal. Now, why do I care about that? Why do I care at all? There's a couple reasons why I care. Number one, I want to keep my costs to as little as possible. Property number two, the second property, the four bedroom, two bath, the biggest one actually has the lowest projected rehab budget. Out of all three of the properties, it has the lowest rehab budget. So even though I would pay more for property number two, the rehab budget is a lot less. So that property is going to need a lot less to get it back to its glory days, which means I'm going to, I will be able to put that property back into service faster. What, what do I mean by putting it back into service faster? Okay, your normal rehab on a property 
especially a lifestyle is unlimited type of property can be about two to four months. That's what we see. We see about two to four months as far as the time it takes to do go through the entire rehab process and get that property back into service. When you're dealing with rehab dollars, there is a proportionality to the amount of time you're going to spend doing rehab in relation to the cost that you're going to spend. It's just the way it works out because you're not going to, you're not going to overspend for stuff. You're going to spend what you need to spend. So if I have one property that's going to take say $45,000 of rehab, and I compare that to another property that's say going to take $55,000 worth of rehab, then what that tells me is that the property with $55,000 worth of rehab, it's probably going to take more time to accomplish that rehab because there's probably more that has to be done. That's why it costs more to get it done. Does that make sense? Okay. So property number two has the advantage. It, it totally has the advantage. It is the lowest cost of the three properties. Now, property number three, it's it's right in the middle. Property number one, the lowest priced one, by the way, which I like very much. I like the fact that I'm able to pick up this asset for 41% of its after repair value. And, and I don't really care that the rehab costs are a little bit higher on this one because the numbers work really really well for me as a matter of fact what i am seeing is that the cash out of pocket the cash out of pocket to do property number one is going to be right at about twenty thousand dollars property number two the bigger property which i still like by the way because remember it's newer and the rehab dollars are a little bit less Property number two, the cash out of pocket on that one's going to be right about $25,000. So I'm going to need more money to do property number two. And property number three is going to require about $24,000. So have you noticed so far that every time I talk about property number three, it's always coming in at best second place? It, it is not yet earned first place in any of the areas that I'm looking at. And as a result, property number three is slowly falling away. It hasn't completely fallen away, but it's about ready to be done. Now, when I look at what I can earn in the form of rent, I am very, very curious to notice that all three of these properties are going to produce about a little over $200 a month in cash flow when it comes to the rental income this, these properties provide. Property number A, number A, yeah, silly guy. Property number one, $203. Property number two, $209. Property number three, $202. And again, property number three comes in third place. And, and right now, I'm going to stop talking about property number three because it keeps coming in third place. So we're just, we're going to eliminate property number three right now. It's going to go away. That, by the way, that was that three bedroom, one bath that was built in 1950. Had a lot of things not necessarily as good going for it as properties number one and property number two have. So we're going to stay focused for the rest of this discussion on properties number one, a smaller property, and property number two, a larger property. Maybe that's the best way to describe it. Property number one is, is older than property number two also, okay? Now, when it comes to that, the cash on cash returns on these properties, property number one actually produces a little bit better in the form of cash on cash returns, even though it earns a little bit less in cash flow. And here's why. It requires $5,000 less of my money to be injected into the deal. Because of that, the cash flow goes up to 12.15% per annum versus 10.06% per annum for property number two. So property number one is, is kind of leading the way. 
It's kind of out there in the forefront. It, it seems to be doing better than property number two, even though it's a little bit smaller, right? It's not as big as property number two, but it seems to be doing better. It's doing better in the areas of purchase price. It's doing better in the areas of cash out of pocket, the, the amount of money I have to put into the deal. It's doing a little bit better on the cash on cash returns. Okay, is that justification enough for us to pick property number one over property number two? And I'm here to tell you, I have not given you enough information. There's still additional information that we need to look at, and that is in the form of net equity captured. Let me recap those properties for you. Property number one, two bedroom, one bath, built in 1955. Property number two, four bedroom, two bath, built in 1965. Property number one, you can buy for $63,000. It's worth $153,000 all fixed up. When you buy it, you're only paying about 41% of the after repair value of the asset when you buy property number one. When you buy property number two, you're going to pay about 53% of the after repair value. And here's why. The after repair value of the property stands at $212,000. You can buy it for $112,000. So right there, I'm leaning towards property number one, just based off the fact that I can get the asset for less money. It's going to be less money out of my pocket to do this deal. I just know this for a fact. When I look at the rehab costs, I am finding that property number two has a slight advantage because it's going to require about $10,000 less in rehab. That tells me the rehab can potentially be done faster. That's not always the case, but that, that tells me that there's less time required to get the rehab completed based on the dollar amount that we're putting into the, the property. So property number two, that, that takes the nod. It's got the nod right there. Property number one is doing not quite as well on raw cash flow. It's, it's receiving $203 per month in raw cash flow versus $209 per month in cash flow on property number two. But when you look at the percentages, the cash on cash return, and you look at the fact that on property number one, you spent $20,000 cash out of pocket to do that deal. And on property number two, you spent $25,000 cash out of pocket to do that deal. So as a result of that, you're getting a 12.15% return on your cash on cash for property number one versus 10.06% for property number two. So property number one gets a slight advantage on the cash on cash returns. But here's where the big difference occurs to me. And it has to do with the net equity that we are capturing in this particular deal. In property number one, we're gonna, we're gonna put about $20,000 into the deal and we're gonna capture about $27,000 worth of equity. So our return on capital gains is 135% approximately. Property number two, we're going to put more money into property number two. We're going to put $25,000 into property number two. That's 5000 more than property number one. But the net equity we're going to capture is about $45,000. What that means is the return on capital gains turns out to be approximately 180%. So 180% return on capital gains versus 135% return on capital gains, that is a significant difference. 
That is a very significant difference. I mean, we're, we're talking about a difference of about $17,000 in additional equity that we can capture if we go with property number two. So right now, property number two, it's kind of looking a little bit better for me. Now, one of the things that we do as real estate investors is we hold our assets for at least a year and a day. And we do that specifically for tax reasons. The adjusted capital gains that you would receive on property number one would result in you receiving about $31,000 in adjusted capital gains. That's the additional profit that you're going to take out of the property. But if we look at property number two, the adjusted capital gain turns out to be about $43,000. Now it gets better as we continue to hold the properties. In year number two, property number one will provide an adjusted capital gain of approximately 90%. But property number two, that adjusted capital gains is now at 112%. And it keeps going on year after year after year after year. If our goal is to just produce cash flow, then property number one actually has a slight advantage. Even though it produces about $6 per month less in actual cash flow, the cash on cash return, the percentages that you're receiving. In other words, the return on investment that you're receiving actually does better, slightly better with property number one. Here's another thing I want to teach you. A single family asset should produce for you between $200 and $600 per month in passive income. Now, all three of these assets that I brought to your attention today, they're all on the minimum side. It means if there are assets on the minimum side, there are probably also assets out there that can produce better rates of return when it comes to cash flow. If you go after an asset that produces better rates of return in the form of cash flow, there may be a trade-off in the amount of equity that you can capture. So one of the things that I want you to take away from all of this that we've talked about today is I want you to understand exactly why you are investing and why you are considering investing in real estate assets for your future. I started off this show by saying, you know, a lot of us, we're, we're thinking about doing real estate investing, but, what, but we're not exactly sure how to do it. The how comes when you become a member of Lifestyles Unlimited. It's as simple as that. All of the information that I shared with you today, all of our members at Lifestyles Unlimited, they know this information already. The reason they know this information already is because we taught them this information. They understand how to analyze properties. They understand how to establish their particular goal factors, the things that they want to achieve. Now, I'm not telling you to buy any of these three properties today. I am sharing with you the concept that out of three different properties, one of the three is better than the other two. This is how we analyze property. This is how we analyze assets to determine whether or not these assets need to be a part of our portfolio. Now, I will tell you this. Based on my personal goals and objectives, if I was buying a single family property right now, Property number two makes a lot of sense to me. And here's why. Because I'm getting the cash flow that I need. I'm, I want at least $200 a month in cash flow. Check. It checks the box, right? I want to at least double the amount of money that I receive in equity capture based on what I put in. That particular asset allows me to put $25,000 into the asset. 
it is poised to return approximately $44,000 back to me. That is more than doubling the money that I put into the asset. As a matter of fact, it's giving me 180% return on capital gains. That's a return on investment for those capital gains. That meets my metric for what I'm trying to accomplish with real estate. Because at the end of the day, I am buying real estate because I am putting money into my portfolio in the form of equity and in the form of cash. If you want to do what I'm doing, if you want to do what the 100,000 members of Lifestyles Unlimited are doing, go to lifestylesunlimited.com, sign up for a free workshop, and let's get you going. Thank you for listening to Lifestyles Unlimited's Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Ready for more of the map? Visit lifestylesunlimited.com. Explore our videos and articles. Click on the radio tab to access past show podcasts. View the radio show schedule and listen to our best of radio shows. Want to continue the conversation? Follow Lifestyles Unlimited on Facebook today. We want to meet you as well. Sign up for a free workshop at Lifestyles lifestylesunlimited.com. Until next time, remember, it's not the money, it's the lifestyle. The information and opinions you hear on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show are those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show constitutes an endorsement recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.